Welcome to the Weekly Trend, a podcast for navigating the markets through the lens of technical analysis. The Weekly Trend podcast is provided for educational purposes only and does not constitute any professional advice. Listeners should not act upon the information or content without first seeking advice from a registered financial planner. Welcome to the Christmas edition of the Weekly Trend podcast. Today is Wednesday, December 22nd, 2021. The S&P 500 is sitting at 4696. I'm David Zarlang. I'm here with Not-So-Secret Santa, Ian McMillan. We wanted to do a real quick podcast for you guys. Our editors are going to be off starting tomorrow through next week. And so rather than leave you hanging for two weeks, we wanted to A, wish you Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and B, talk a little bit of markets, and then let you enjoy some time off. Ian, where should we start? Yeah, I'd say not a lot has changed since Friday. It's only been a few sessions. We have seen stocks rebound. It's been a mixed bag, both growth and value. So, I mean, you want to talk about buyers stepping in at the 11th hour. And you know, I say that on the major indices, there are a lot of individual charts of stocks and I'd say sub-industries that this three-day bounce we've seen or two-day bounce off of the kind of Monday reversal handles. They haven't fixed a lot in the big picture. So we've seen kind of sentiment pick back up. Okay, you know, clearly we've, you know, bought the dip again. Ha ha. Stocks are clearly going higher. That's kind of the mantra that has picked back up again. I'm not totally convinced of that. Although, hey, we are moving back in the right direction. So that's good. Yeah, I would put it as to paint the big picture that hasn't changed. S&P 500 continues to make higher lows as a rising 50-day and 200-day moving average. Same with the NASDAQ 100. Underneath the surface, the average stock had not been doing that. And we, that we've talked about that ad nauseum for how many months now, the weak breath, stock pickers market, Russell 2000 moving sideways for nine months, flat, messy, 200-day moving average. However, what we've seen the last few sessions, you know, if we were to look for clues or green shoots on what potential rebound and breath would look like, we may have seen some start of things the last few days. We'll see. Like, you know, as always, price has to confirm any type of thesis like that. We've seen commodities pick back up again. Very true. Um, you know, grains, coffee. I still think copper and copper miners could, you know, gosh, it's hard to imagine they could go sideways any longer than they have. But I mean, it does look constructive. Wheat looks good. So there's some positive things, home builders, which held, I mean, they were kind of a leader before this last few weeks of mess and, you know, or, you know, things like that are bouncing where they need to. When I think too, right. Tesla's made a big comeback, which has helped. I guess that's because Elon says he's done selling stocks. I have no idea if that's what caused it or it was maybe partially Elon selling stocks and everyone else decided they wanted to front run it before he did. Who knows? I have no idea. No one else knows either, but it has bounced where it needed to. So that could be a positive headwind or tailwind. I'm sorry for a lot of areas of the market. Yeah. You've got, and the other thing, you know, as part of a process that you do is you look at things 
And let's say the majority of stocks, not the S&P and the NASDAQ, have struggled since November for sure, after the false breakout in something like small caps, Russell 2000. And then in your process, what you do is you look at the things that have held up well during that time frame, and you name some of them, you know, home builders, you can make an argument for things like 5G. Um, yeah, 5G stocks. You know, again, a lot of these commodities, I would say, I mean, these large and mega cap growth, of course, Apple, Google really didn't flinch during any of this. So, yeah, there are certainly some pieces of healthcare, still a pretty strong healthcare devices. Yep. Using like an ETF like IHI. Yeah. And a lot of the yeah, healthcare equipment and that life's, you know, life sciences type stuff. You've had still the building products names have been strong and semiconductors continue to hold up well. Yep, exactly right. Pockets um, of tech in there. Now, I will say, okay, so what held up the best? Now, I would say that that was staples and utilities, but right. I don't know if I want to go and buy staples and utilities now. So I think maybe like separating what non-defensive areas held up best. Yeah. Seen some, you know, we've seen some, and there's pockets of retail still. I say big picture, and you know, we had a great conversation today. Fellow technician up north, David Cox. Yeah, great guy. Super good guy. And Very good technician, good asset manager. You know, like I, like I was telling him, you know, one thing I'm trying to keep in mind, big picture, is we have, you know, there's still a lot of things below 200-day moving averages, flat 200-day moving averages, still some upward sloping 200-day, but it's definitely not all fixed. I know that you can turn on the TV or if you own SPY and QQQ, it seems very normal. And from that point of view, it is. But again, underneath the surface, there continues to not be a lot of clarity. Well, what I would add is that with the weakening breath, like I said, which has been the story going on for months now, since February, March, those areas that led to the downside during that period from that point till now, mm -hmm. the way I would describe it is that they've stopped going down. Now that doesn't mean immediate, re you know, complete reversal and ripping higher and everything's better. But the first thing you can do before you start moving back higher is stop going down. And so your ARC funds, first step. your solar, your marijuana stocks, these areas that had been quote unquote high flying stocks going in end of last year, the beginning of this year, back when we were seeing, right? February, March, we're seeing 90% of S&P 500 stocks above a 200-day moving average. Since then, we've gone from that down to around 50 to 60% of stocks in S&P 500 above a 200-day moving average. And the 200 days a big deal. I mean, that's a pretty solid long-term indicator. Any moving average has its fake outs and whatever. Not, you know, none of them are going to be perfect. 200 day for all intents and purposes is a good measurement at a 30,000 foot view of what the health of a stock, the trend of a stock. And so to be below that, to be below, I mean, 200 days, it's what, seven months of price history on average. Yeah. yeah. 
So to be below that is pretty, it's eye-opening for sure. To have 50% of the index below that. Now, you know, is this a stealth bear market in 2022? We have some massive recorrelation. Yeah, recorrelation and lots and lots of things outperform. I have no idea. I think you shared a chart. Was it from Sentiment Trader? Yeah, Sentiment Trader, where only 3% of sub industries are outperforming the SP 500 on a six month rolling average. So think about and that. So, I mean, I mean, okay, so 3%. semiconductors and home builders, maybe. Yeah. And then, so everything I can't think else. of anything else that where I said I would have wanted to be in that for the last six months without ever being in or out, right? Outside of semiconductors. So, ninety-seven so percent of sub industries for the past six months have underperformed the S and P five hundred, and that goes back to that bifurcation. And you know, we had something similar kind of unfold in twenty eighteen. Now, in twenty eighteen, you also had the S and P five hundred catch down at the end of the year and small caps catch down Mm -hmm. and correct. And you actually had a negative year for the S and P 500. We haven't had that, but your point is if we see a reversion, right? If we go from only 3% are able to outperform the S and P and you revert to something like 50%, that's going to coincide with expanding breath and what we would call recorrelation, right? Things have bifurcated, meaning they've separated. There's definitely a separation between the S and P 500 versus a lot of other stocks do you see a reunion where beginning of next year or from now through the beginning of next year, you're seeing this recorrelation and everything's rising together? I think most active PMs out there are certainly putting that on their list of Santa this year. I know I will be putting that on my Christmas list. Well, and the fascinating thing though, with that Ian is let's use Arc as an example, you know, the poster child of former high flyers, incredible short positions on it now. I have own ETF to short it. Right. They came out with their an entire ETF that shorts it. Right. And this is an act. I mean, this isn't like, you know, inverse tech or inverse crude oil. I mean, you're shorting an actively managed fund. So this is a direct bet against an individual, essentially. Right. And that particular vehicle from high to low corrected about 43% from February through just a few days ago. Now, it has stopped going down. If we were to rally from today's close back to a 200-day moving average, which has been been below, would be about an 18, somewhere between a 15 to 18% rally and would not fix the downtrend in that instrument. Now, I still think you'd have a downward sloping 200-day, right? Because this started rolling over in October and... Yeah, you can see a lot of but all these strong, high flyers that have had these bounces. Yeah, correct. Is it crazy to think that you have such a low percentage of things outperforming that you would get a reversion in that metric and a reversion in the former high flyers that have now corrected 40, 50, 60% since February now bounce back to their 200-day moving average causing a recorrelation? And moving things higher, but not necessarily fix everything underneath the surface. It's possible. Or it's the jump starting of expansion of breath that does carry on into 2022, which would be notable if it, on one hand, Dietrich has pointed out, Ryan Dietrich, that following 20% up years in the S&P 500, we typically see double digit returns the following year. 
mm-hmm. or is it more a midterm election year seasonality, like you pointed out, to be determined? What you know in twelve months how yep. it turned out. Twelve months, but you brought up something interesting regarding commodities, and we haven't necessarily touched base too much on the dollar. And the dollar's been consolidating for the past oh. month. Yeah, after breaking out, but yet you're seeing some areas in the commodity complex move higher, even though the trade weighted dollar has held up pretty good. What are some of those areas that we're seeing that I think you mentioned coffee. What are some other ones? Soybeans. Yeah. And I would say tin has held up well, you know, obviously aluminum copper's been coming down since October, but I would say, I mean, it's flat over the last two months. Right. So like, yeah, aluminum. And and in our conversation with David Cox, corn. you know, I mean, it, corn hit new. I mean, corn hit its highest level since June today. Well, I'll tell you what, to David Cox's point about oil, I mean, oil futures reclaiming an important level here around 72.25. And was this just a, a pullback within an uptrend and oil continues its its rise higher? Obviously. 76 is a pretty important level going back in time. So we'll see. I mean, that time will tell. Rates have yet to do anything. Yeah, those have been a hot It's still a very cloudy, cloudy market environment in regards to leaders. Other than what we've said, I mean, semiconductors, you know, a couple of these mega tech names. I think, you know, Microsoft did reclaim 330 today which is a positive at least a short-term positive so we've been number there below twice now and gotten back above hopefully this one sticks i mean that's still microsoft still is a rising 50 day bitcoin trying to find support here at the 200 day moving average over the last i mean what really all month it's been down here 46 47000 that would also help with the risk on attitude. Yeah. If you're seeing some crypto doing well, that can't hurt anything. And you're starting to see a pickup in some of the quote unquote meme crypto, whether it's SHIB or something like that. I know Kevin shared a good chart of Manic internally here. Uh, mm-hmm. Ethereum holding previous highs, whether it's the September 2021 highs and trying to reclaim the May 2021 highs. We could be seeing a pickup there, and you're right. That would be, in our mind, we view any demand for crypto as being risk on. And I would point out too, junk bonds and high yield bonds, really strong last few days at important price levels. Now there's still work to do. To your point, those aren't all in the clear. After all, junk bonds haven't gone anywhere since December of 2020. We've gone a full year of nothing but heartburn in junk bonds moving sideways. So there's, there's work to do. And so we'll see. Well, and that's why we use price. It's if price is below, you know, 210 in IWM and we're closing below prior lows in S&P 500, I think that 4530, 4540 area in something like S&P cash, you know, that would put you below some important moving averages as well as prior highs, be pretty risk off. But until then, the trend for the S&P remains higher, the trend for the Nasdaq 100 remains higher. And we still continue to see, like you said, weakness more broadly in the average stock, or at least they've stopped going down, but 
they're not out of the woods by any means. They're not out of the woods. Pretty had an interesting stat either late last week or Monday. He does a lot of our internal breath work. He posts a little bit of it on Twitter. But he had noted that there were higher numbers of relative highs coming back than there had been like the December 1st and December 5th lows. Like that dip and then we bounced for a few days and came back down here into uh like the 15th and then you know you know late last week and into this week but so you know a little divergence there i also believe the guys at all-star charts had pointed out a couple positive breath divergences that had happened don't hold me to that so there's some pot i mean things you would like to see that we would need to see to take another leg higher. So I mean, we got to keep at it though. We see this for two days and then it fizzles and we try it again for two or three days and it fizzles. So that certainly is not going to get the job done. Of course, we'd all like to see, you know, a November 2020 type of conviction. Well, and it, when we look, those are pretty rare. So. Yeah, I was going to say when we do look at coming off of uptrend bottoms, so your higher lows, you tend to see follow through on, on an intraday basis or consistency, like on a four hour chart. And we've just had two days of that. That's a quality characteristic. Now we head into Santa Claus rally period, you know, last five trading days of the year. We're on the cusp of that, plus the first two of the following year. We'll see where we end up with those, but they have a pretty high success rate of being positive and. That will be information too. If it's positive, it's confirming seasonality. If it's negative, that goes back in the hat of we're not out of the woods. There's still weakness out there. And so we just use price to analyze that process. But at the same time, I don't I don't think we get to be surprised if a Santa if if a Santa Claus rally takes us to new highs and we're, you know, staring 47, 4,800 in the face by the time the new year rolls around. I will say I believe that. Well, now I guess the 26th is going to fall on Sunday this year, but let's go ahead and push that towards, let's go push that onto Monday for the sake of the calendar. But December 26th, historically the most bullish day of the year since that it has been positive the highest amount of times over the last 70 years. 82.5%. Wow. I'm not saying that means anything towards what happens next year, but it is the most bullish day of the year on average. That's pretty awesome. And we'll see. I mean, like you said, we'll see where that falls on a, when we do open for trading on Monday. Now we still have tomorrow. And there's lots of awesome things happening, right? We've got Christmas right around the corner. Solstice, right? From here on out, the days get longer. Days are getting longer, love, my love friends. That. My son will love that. God. Absolutely. No more of this, you know, four or five o'clock. And I know. Dark. I was about to say, it's dinner and we can't go outside and play soccer and he gets a little bummed. Yeah. So it's an exciting time, right? We're wrapping up 2021, a bifurcated market year, heading into 2022, seeing what the market might provide in a midterm seasonal period. We got Christmas, you know, the advent of our King. 
fulfilled promise of a savior in Jesus. That's what we're celebrating longer days. And then next week people get to celebrate a happy new year. And I guess I want to pass that along to you, Ian, happy, you know, Merry Christmas to you and your family. And we won't do a podcast next week. Our first podcast in 2022 will be the week following that first full weekend. Hopefully we're sitting here talking about what an amazing into the year that we had and, you know, stocks are just ripping. And it'll be information if they're not. So to all, all those listening out there, we really appreciate you guys. It has been a tremendous 2021, both for the market and for the podcast. We continue to set new listenership levels and we appreciate that. So thank you for that. And Merry Christmas to everyone out there and have a blessed new year. Merry Christmas, everyone. Have a great weekend. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas.